AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What it good be, hopefully this is what it should be. This is your boy, N-O-R-E. What up, it's DJ E-F-N. And this is Drink Champs, Yappy Hour, Drink Champs, Quarantine, Drink Champs. Quarantine Champs. Uh, uh, social distance. And we are in the building right now, one of my favorite people in the world. I, I think, I, I feel like I watch him almost every day. Uh, I mean, from the, the college days up until the NBA days. He's one of the guys that transitioned. He transitioned like us. Like we, from a, a great, dope basketball player and then transitioned immediately. But he kept the same attitude that he was on the court. And in case y'all people don't know who I'm talking about, the integrity of my man right here, Jalen Rose. Hey. Thank you, family. I appreciate the love. Yes. I'm grateful to be on. And just so you guys know, as somebody that's been in the podcast game 10 years, and Jalen and Jacoby is now on ESPN Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. And for us to come up via radio, doing a pod once a week, doing a pod five times a week, I always watch people that's in the game that's doing their thing. And congratulations. Y'all did the same thing. Y'all on TV doing y'all thing on Revolt. I'll be checking y'all out. I'll be checking y'all out on YouTube. So congratulations. Cheers. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. But the one thing I didn't know, I didn't know you guys started out as a podcast. I just learned that just now. Absolutely. I always watch you on TV. I I, I must have, I I skipped y'all grind and went straight to (laughs) 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 y'all. Yeah, we sold out now. We sold out now. But 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 Nori, uh, y'all leveled like, up. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even in our contract. Like it was a passion project, and mm. our show used to be called the Rose Report. I pitched the idea to Bill Simmons about me doing the podcast. I was already doing the NBA coverage mm. and talking about the other sports on ESPN. So mm. when they started Grantland, I started doing the Rose Report podcast, and I was doing it with Jacoby, but he wasn't on a uh, listed on the show. And it was like Run DMC and Salt and Pepper. I hated they didn't acknowledge mm. Jam Master J and Salt and Pepper or, or uh, Spinderella. Spinderella. Like they should right. be in the title. So I'm like, it's two of us doing the show. He should be in the title. And then all of a sudden it just grew and grew and grew. It became a radio show, a late night show, an hour show, a 30 minute show on ESPN2. Now we graduated. And I'm wearing G-Von Chi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wearing my Detroit buffs because we on ESPN now. Mm. <laughs> and even Mike Tyson bigged y'all up. Yeah, that was love. That was love. Actually, I got a chance to see Mike. We were at the uh, 
Fury Wilder fight. And I went to the NBA in 94. So this is when Mike was at his height. So I was at all of the Mike fights. Wow. I, I seen at least 15 Mike fights up close and personal. I went to Mike's house multiple times. He had Man, the livestock. He had the birds. Wow. He had the court. He had the tennis court. He had the crazy large movie screen outside. Like Mike, Mike was that deal. And I know people see him now and I'm happy he got a chance to reinvent himself. But Mike is that heavyweight champion. And if, other than Ali, if I had to say who's the baddest dude, it's Mike Tyson, no doubt about it. Now, now I gotta so you know I gotta ask you, um, what do you feel about you know Mike is looking vicious right now. He's looking just as vicious as he he was in Brownsville. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he <laughs> downright scary looking sure, right now. Sure. Like, um, so what do you think about that this upcoming fight? Because is there a league like you know Ice Cube? Let's let's big up to Ice Cube. Ice Cube have like the big three league where a person can live after basketball. It's like life after basketball, right? Like I I kind of feel like that's what drink champs is, and you know the versus things. It's like kind of life after rap. But is you think there's a league? that could exist like life after boxing or something like that don't sleep boxers quietly never retire because they advertise themselves they're independent contractors Mm. so really if they want to get in the ring and do it think about it they're doing fights right now in the ufc during the pandemic yeah like top rank is like we about to do some fights in june like so if you want to get in that ring and go toe-to-toe you have the chance to do so and wow. don't be surprised if Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield do a fight. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That'd that's be insane. Thinking. Don't be surprised. As somebody that was at the fight, I was at multiple Mike fights. In particular, I was at the fight when he bit Evander Holyfield here. <laughs> and it was crazy. It, it, it was like it was like a, 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 a mob scene. People was throwing stuff. People was mad. Because, you know, people be betting. People be oh, going yeah. to Vegas, saving up, trying to have a good time, that type of thing. So, it, but to see those two guys reinvent themselves and get back in the di- in the ring and real deal, Holyfield, I'm paying to watch that. Right. I'm paying to watch that. I'm paying to watch that as well. So let's let's take let's let's, um, let's bounce around a little bit, right? Let's take it from the Fab Five days, right? Are you from Detroit? You from Detroit, correct? So I got to make sure as a fan of the show, are you smoking something? Oh, yeah, are y'all yeah, drinking yeah. something? I'm drinking. In the room? I'm drinking. I can I show you. I got, for Disney and we got all. stuff over yeah, here. I'm on drink champs right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and no, and no, we also we got drink champs sure. sports here. He got questions too. Just Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Paul's in the building. Tell Paul I said, yeah, what's yeah, up? He's right there. Just so you know, Nori, I yeah. had a spot in Miami yeah. when... New York started to infiltrate <laughs> Mad <laughs> Joe, uh-huh. Puff, mm-hmm. New, BMF. Uh-huh. I was down there. Right, 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 right. That's the early 90s for sure. When, when, when you was on the charts, number one album. That's doing right, goddammit. That's right, goddammit. That's Are right, goddammit. We didn't have the show and what ends up happening is I know they clown you and they sleep on what you accomplished and all of that because they because Jacoby do that to me. Mm-hmm. That's what make y'all show great. Exactly. Y'all clown one another. Exactly. Right, right. So y'all exactly. know y'all gotta give Nori his flowers while he here. That's right. That's right. Straight that's up. right. That's right. But you know what I'm saying? because like since like I haven't watched college basketball from UNLV days 
uh, the Fab Five days. And I can't really tell you that Zion made me watch it. Like, I'm no disrespect to Zion, but it wasn't enough. Like, to me, college in those days, when when it's the Fab Five and the UNLV, it almost felt better than the NBA. You ever think those days are going to be recreated? They won't. And here's why. Because at that time, the best players from high school didn't go to the NBA, didn't go to the G League, didn't go overseas. Mm-hmm. They went to college. Mm-hmm. And the best teams had juniors and seniors. The mm-hmm. squad you talking about, UNLV, I idolized them. Mm-hmm. Okay? They came to check out one of my games in Detroit when they came to play at the Palace. Wow. Anderson Hunt, their, their Final Four MVP, went to my high school, Detroit wow. Southwestern. Okay. His daughter, by the way, graduated from Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. Wow. Just to bring it full circle. So LJ Goldtooth, I had that in my mouth. Part down the middle of my head, like Kenny Anderson and LJ, I had that. (laughs) Lanky like Stacey Augman slashing to the hoops. I was trying to do that. Like that was my squad. And I never knew watching them beat Duke and then lose to Duke. Mm-hmm. That I will be playing against Duke the next year in the finals. Right. I was in Anderson Hunt's basement, Southwest Detroit, watching the game with all UNLV gear on down, shorts down to my knees. Right. So I knew that was going to have to happen when I got to college. Right. Right. And they lost. And we right. played them the next year. That was crazy. Right. So you think you think college will – you said you can't. You answered that. Right. You said – No. <laughs> no, they had juniors and seniors, man. And they, they, th- they, juniors and seniors. What do you think about them offering them to play players now? Like, you know, them, I, 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 I'm not sure what the exact story is, but they're saying that they're going to uh, let players get off their jersey or something like that, make money off of their jersey. Yeah, so, you know, big... Wait, college you're talking about? Yeah, college, yeah. So I, I think I got to do this public service announcement. Mm-hmm. And Biggie said it, either you slain Craig Rock or you got a wicked jump shot, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people in and outside of our community make us feel like our ability to play sports or rap or entertain and get a check when we're 17, 18, 19 is going to last us forever. It won't. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the opportunities that the G League going to provide. And if you don't want to go to college, and that's not for you. You should be able to make a living off your likeness and off yourself. Yeah, monetize it, yeah. But let's not act like when you get five hundred thousand and Uncle Sam take half, that's two fifty, and then your agent take fifteen twenty, and then endorsements they taking twenty, and then you paying fifteen twenty in insurance. Let's not act like that's like that's like one eighty. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! It's better than nothing, but it's that's still- better. That ain't forever, though. Right. Like so, if you can go from high school, like Kobe, KG, LeBron, right. that's the goal. Right. Nobody's in the backyard counting down after they watch their favorite players and watching the last dance and like, yeah, I'm about to make the game winning shot, my dad. Right. Three, two, one, G League. Right. Ain't nobody saying that. Mm. Right. So, so when when you're playing for a college team. 
is, is there anybody who goals get ruined right there? Like, you know, because there's certain people that, that you know is going to go to the NBA, and there's certain people that you know just ain't, but they're a great role player on a college team. Is that something that that player is established to know, or that's something that happens at the end of the year? So the good thing about sports is if you work hard, have a good attitude, and you create a lane for yourself, especially team sports, that gives you a chance to make it. Mm. Like that gives you a chance to make it. So you can be a guy, you don't have to be like the star on your high school team or even your college team. In the league, they have role players. Right. That exists. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to like not do other bad decisions to mess up your name mm. because then you can't get on. Right. But if you like have a good attitude and have good skill and you play on a team, right. there's a, like, we talking about Scott Burrell right now from the last dance. He probably have made more money doing interviews and, and endorsements since that started than he made playing for that team. He played for M with MJ for one year. Right. <laughs> and who's that, the coach? Who's, who's a, a gentleman named Scott Burrell who they showed him. The general manager? You know, yeah. No, no, he's a player on the team that they were showing MJ was kind of, you know, giving them crap the entire time. Like, like the GOAT should be giving somebody stuff. That, that was literally my next question was like, you, 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 you not, you not, you, you didn't go against like the, the, the whack MJ. Like, like there's no whack MJ, by the way. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. But you, you know, like the less, like after he came back from baseball, he was a different guy. You went against like the prime. You went against the guy that was talking shit. You went against the guy, like y'all had a squad. Y'all had a squad. Like you, uh, damn near Hall of Fame, everybody damn near. How was it competing with that man? It, was it, is it really like the documentary? made it to be or, or did they exaggerate or or did they underplay so I know you got smart and when you got all that money you was like you know what I'm going to Florida I'm going to save on taxes I'm going to get more bang for my buck <laughs> you was like, like you, you was like you know what that, that's what I'm going to do I love New York but you know I ain't trying to pay a million dollars for a thousand square feet right so so like MJ ended up being like the best in so many categories that it made it unfair. Right. So if you think about it, like he was the quickest, he was the most athletic, right. he um, was the best salesman and pitchman. Mm. How about this? He played basketball with his tongue out. Right. right. Like, like, just think about that. I can't walk to the corner with my tongue out. Right. <laughs> like right. he he navigate through traffic with the ball in one hand, his toes pointed opposite directions. Like like that's insane. Right. How about the killer instinct and and the ability to be like stone-faced assassin that I learned from the Lakers, I learned from the Celtics, I learned from the Pistons. Right. And I'm about to apply all of that did it. He had two three-peats and playing against that dude, it was like, man, it's like you see, it's like seeing a, it's like seeing a, like Larry Bird said it, like that's God playing basketball. Right. Yeah, that sounds intimidating. Like, that's for real, fam. Like, how many, let me ask you this. 
Right. You you've been in the booth with some of the best. You've been on some of the dopest posse cuts. Right. You've been in one of the dopest historic groups of all time. Yeah. But how many times did you go on stage? And then somebody else went on stage, and right. you was like, "Yo, yeah, yeah." Dmx, uh, Jay Z, Nas, Nas. <laughs> right? It's always, right? always always like that. It's I, I mean, you know, I got I got you know I got a chance to 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 to, to uh, do shows with them all. You know what I mean? But I, but still in all. Even on the stage, it's really not as, as competitive as the basketball court is. You understand what I'm saying? Like, is this something that you 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 want to you want to train harder to to bust his ass, or you just want to be in a building with him? Like, so, what happens? So a few things you gotta you gotta you gotta stop yourself from being a fan. Right. Like, if you're gonna be competitive at all, like, don't wear the shoes. Don't like you. Mm. You can't be a fan at all. Right. That sounds like something that everybody needs to listen to for yeah, everything. Like no, like the game was different then. Physical intimidation existed, rivalries existed. Right. I'm from Detroit. I'm a bad boys fan. I rooted yeah. against MJ his entire career. Yes, in, in Indiana, we we booed MJ, played against him in the playoffs. So like you can't be a fan at all. Right. Or you don't have a chance. Right. So Going into any sporting event, there's a favorite, there's an underdog, and we knew that they were the favorite. We knew that he was the GOAT, but we also knew, like, wait a minute. We played them 10 times this year, and yeah, we five and five. Oh, it was five and five. Okay. Five. Okay. Okay. Huh. So we got a chance to upset them. Everybody think that he about to come in and shine and do what he do, but we about to we about to shock the world. Right. That that's how you feel. And going against those all-time greats, like you were just saying, like those all-time great artists, right. when they decide to just like go to that other level, right. there's just nothing you can do about it. And that's kind of what it was when MJ was going for his chips. Do do you when you're playing at that time, do you feel that you're living history? Does it feel like that? Why y'all not smoking and drinking? No. I feel <laughs> deprived of the experience. <laughs> Are you drinking? Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm about to drink. Come on, pop it now. Deprived yeah. of the experience. We <laughs> yeah, smoking the air the entire time. We talked about this when I saw you in Miami. <laughs> we was at an undisclosed location. We were supposed nah, you know to why? do this. You know, <laughs> where the champagne at? Champagne, right? Here. There we go. Right. The Ace of Spades. There we yeah. go. Look, he brought out Mr. Lee for you. That's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we yeah. Go. yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Let me take a game. Open that up. Open that up. So what were you saying? My bad. No, no. But I asked him. Did, did Did you know? Did it feel like you were living history when in those games? Because it's always bigger when you when the goats are involved. Mm. So it's like more cameras, more hype. Um, your family knows, your friends know, the league knows, other players know, like everybody's watching that's center stage. Mm -hmm. Everybody understand that this is going down right now mm -hmm. and you got a chance to do something special and a young pup like me, you know, it's so many hall of famers at that point in my career. They had Phil Jackson Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kuko. We had Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson, Chris Mullen, Larry Bird. No, no question. Stand up. And 
I'm just a young pup. And I remember making a jump shot. They showed it in a documentary. I didn't even know. I'm watching it. I was like, yo, about to spill the bottle. I'm like, yo, they showed me make a basket. <laughs> I was like, yo, I was surprised. You know what I'm saying? That put us up in the fourth quarter. I was yeah. like, we about to do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Mike put on that cape. He took it to another level. Hey, listen, Jalen, as a Knicks fan, born and raised, I, I got to say that I might have hated the Indiana Pacers just as much as I hated the Bulls. Because like, I just got to be honest. <laughs> we would get somewhere and we would feel greater. And we didn't have no pussies on the Knicks neither at this time. We had we had gangsters. We was trying to be the new bad boys, but it never worked out for us. <laughs> so I just want to tell you, on behalf of all the New York Knicks fans, you hurt my feelings a couple of times, brother. Thank you, family. <laughs> I appreciate you. And you know, I love Spike Lee. Yeah. And Reggie kicked it off with his greatness, and he scored what is nine points and eight, uh, eight points and nine seconds. Right. And then I came a couple of years after that, mm-hmm. and you right, y'all had some animals on the team. Yo. Patrick Ewing, yes. Charles Oakley. By the way, for those that people don't know, Charles Oakley is so great with his hands. Not only will he slap you, he a great chef. Yeah. You know that. That's what I love about Oakley. <laughs> That, that's what I love about him. Y'all had Anthony Mason. He also from Queens. I went against Freewell and Allen Houston when they was both. I'm talking about Cornwall Freewell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Allen Houston, sweet shooting, getting buckets, maximum contract. Right. Chris Childs, Charlie Ward. Like, like you guys' squad was crazy. Yeah. And and he- Mm-hmm. Yeah. And playing against y'all, Jeff Van Gundy was y'all coach. Like mm-hmm. it, it was so, it was so dope. It was Hicks versus Knicks. Right. It was like, you know, who was gonna now own the East without MJ or take over the throne? Mm. And I know you was cheering one day when MJ got that four point play. Uh, I know you was somewhere cheering. Listen, man, I'm gonna be honest. I, I, I got had that four point play. I had this rhyme since back then. I said, um, cause Jordan used to kill us. I said, I said, I'm from New York, but still I be hating the Knicks. And fuck Jordan, but still I be rocking his kicks. <laughs> because, because the kicks are so dope. And I, I can't lie. They just said this, Nature said this back in the days, and I and I believe them. He said, on a rhyme, he said, he went to games as a Knicks fan. They had Strickland, they traded him. And ever since then, son, he hated them. And just like the curse of Babe Ruth or like the curse of, we feel like the, the fact that Rod Strickland was a born and raised New York icon dribbling the ball when we traded them. This is nature's account, and I'm starting to believe him. He said that once we traded Rod Strickland, it's been downhill for Knicks fans. I, I watched Stephen A. Smith. I watch, you know, people that's... We have given up on our franchise, Jalen. Is there anything we can do? I think we can put you on the court right now and you might give us... <laughs> so I got I got, I got, got to um, big up you and nature because that's exactly right. Wow. As somebody that followed the league mm-hmm. and understood that not only was New York the capital for dropping dimes and people having handle mm. and being slick with it. Mm. But you guys had Mark Jackson mm. and Rod Strickland Burr. on the same team Burr. 
at the same time falling. That was supposed to be Earl Monroe and Clyde Frazier. For you young punks out there that don't know. <laughs> that, that That's what that was going to be for y'all. Right. right. And for them to not allow that to happen, and both of those dudes to go on and play like 40 years combined right. and put in so much crazy work, right. it's I, I agree with that. That I, I agree with that. Right. Now, now, have you ever thought about coaching? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I'm a founder of a school mm-hmm. and you know I'm fortunate enough to have multiple gigs at ESPN, NBA Countdown mm-hmm. Where's up. the school? Where's the school, Jalen? Uh, Detroit okay. Tuition free, public charter open enrollment, founded in 2011 wow. and we're having our graduation uh, June 6th I'm really excited about that we've we're a nine through 16 model. We've, we've served approximately 1,000 students. Wow. And uh, really excited about that. So I have, a, I have a lot of stuff that's keeping me busy, and I know coaching is, w- would, would take up more time probably than all of that to try to be good at it. Right. And so I just appreciate the gigs I have with ESPN and, <laughs> you know, being the founder of a high school right now and, no. You know, influencing college kids, but you never know. But, yeah, that's crazy. But, but I want to be in ownership, fam. That's, that's what I'm working on, just Did so you, you know. Working you on ownership? Ownership, yeah. I respect that, brother. I respect that, brother. That's what I'm talking about. And you, why isn't there more black ownership in the league? You know, I, I, I watch ESPN all the time, and they're, now they're talking about the, the football league, where it should be black coaches having the same um, opportunities. Why you don't think it's like that in both leagues, um, NBA, uh, for instance, and in the NFL? Like, you know, so, not, not just black, but, you know, women, women as well. Like, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's corporate America, young people mm-hmm. and adults. We all know this. And when somebody work for you and or vice versa, there's just certain lines you can or will or can't cross in order for you to get your check. And what ended up happening in sports is having a 400-year head start before black and brown people were even able to play. Whites owned the team. It's like they owned so many things in in society. That's just how it works. And so what ends up happening is those teams don't come available. They get passed down from family member to family member, and it becomes something of a legacy. So you don't have to allow X amount of people that have X amount of money to buy into the team. Mm. You can just pass it down. Look at the Knicks. There was mis- um, They got passed down from father to son. Look at the Lakers. They got passed down from father to daughter. Mm. It's th- That's what it's going to be. So... It's generational. Yes. People tend to hire those that they're comfortable with and or look more like them. So the power really starts in ownership. Then it trickles down to GM and president. And then you hope that it plays out with the coaches because on the field and on the court, they're majority black players. So you would think that they would have an opportunity to have a voice and have some power in particular with people that look like them. But since it isn't happening in ownership, it doesn't trickle down. And so I'm glad the conversations are being had, but 
those relationships still have a long way to go. Okay, Jalen, we got Ludacris, who's in the Woo. building right now. He's Woo. checking in. It looked like the Bahamas he had or something. Hey, man, look. stop that. <laughs> it look, hey, you man. look very tropical right now, brother. You look very <laughs> tropical. What up, family? What's going on, man? Let me first and foremost say that it's an honor. I'm I'm actually pissed that I never got a chance to come up to the Drink Champs original set. And this ain't replacing it, number one. This ain't replacing it. (laughs) Yeah, this ain't replacing it at all. So I definitely have to come up there. But I just want to understand that those that come before me, like the individual Nori, and that I have some DNA of, and I wouldn't be in the place that I was or be able to do a lot of the things that I did. I just want to pay homage. To this man, Nori, and no, all the things no. you've done. Thank, thank you, Luda. Thank you, Luda. But, 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 the, but to, if you turn your phone sideways, Luda, turn it like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Even but, better. I got to do that. I got to salute you, my brother, because um, I watched the battle and congratulations, my brother. Congratulations. Congratulations. You, thank you, man. You I appreciate that. Face. You stood there with the poker face. You didn't. I, I love the fact that um, I believe one of uh, Nelly's boys said something to you. And I love the fact that you like ignored it and, and stayed positive and, 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 and just and just stick with the poker face. Is, is, is that something that, you know, that, that you wanted you did on purpose? In terms of keeping the poker face, I, I mean to have a poker face. It was the internet. His internet was kind of messing up, and I choppy, think that yeah. my, my between yeah, him my and Teddy Riley, right? <laughs> they my should organic, buy. Um, my organic reaction was me trying to see and make sure that it didn't, you know, fuzz up like it was doing consistently. So <laughs> a lot of those memes that happened, and they was acting like I had a poker face. I was literally trying to make sure that I could see him and understand and hear everything that he was saying, right? Right. Yeah, because because, you know, this is a pure celebration. I, I, I like to commend every artist that participates in this. You know what I mean? Every artist that, um, you know, gets together and just because it, at the end of the day, it should be a celebration. You know what I'm saying? Um, the battle thing we have we have lived. And so what, what was the first? What was it? Hold on. What's Luda drinking? We got to know what he's yeah, drinking what, what right What was there. that? I, I, I'm just disappointed that everybody ain't drinking and no, smoking drinking. something. Oh, oh, yeah. Uncle okay, Nearest. Oh, okay, so you know, okay, um, there's a whole story behind this Uncle Nearest. I yep. don't know if y'all know. No, nah, we, we, yeah, we know. Kenny Burns. We had Kenny Burns on the show. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. I went to the Uncle Nearest. Um, I went to the whole Tennessee, did the whole tour. Uh, man, it was it's life changing when you understand that story. And I'm sure that Kenny Burns was able to relay a little bit of what was going on. But when you get a chance, because right. we are all fans of the, the best alcoholic beverages that this world has to offer. And we got a lot of history in one of our states called Tennessee. You have to go have to, to go. Uncle Nearest. And if you really want the full story, you go to Jack Daniels first. And then you right, go Right, that ties Nearest. into Jack Daniels, yeah. Yeah, so that you can see the inconsistencies of some of the stories that they yep. tell around this motherfucker, man. <laughs> I got a bottle right here. Hey, can you get the Uncle Nearest bottle? I got a bottle. I think Might as well drink up, too. I ain't gonna lie. I think I drank my shit. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother or, in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity. 
for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Jalen, what was you thinking? What was you thinking when you was watching the battle, Jalen? So, first off, let me tell you what's crazy. Shout to Luda. You know I love you, brother. And Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate just watching, like, both of you guys on your come up as somebody that's a couple of years older than both of you guys. Like I was telling Nori, I remember when he went from New York to Miami, running into him in a couple of places down there. And fortunate enough with Luda and being in one of his videos, graciously move and shout the Shaka. And now seeing you with, with, with the tank top on, looking like you living your best life, got a tan, <laughs> and you got money in the bank. You know, I, it, just, it just makes me happy. And so what what I was thinking when I saw him in uh, (laughs) Nelly's battle is I was lucky enough at a time where both of them guys were at their apex to be in one of their videos. Each artist. Wow. (laughs) That's true. Each artist. Hot in here for Nelly and move for Luda. Mm. Yeah, man. So I got love and, and I'm grateful to both of them. Okay. Absolutely. So Luda, so Luda, so one thing that, the, you know, the fans acknowledged immediately was you wasn't playing. And what I mean by you wasn't playing, not to say Nelly was playing, but what I mean by that is you stuck to the to, stuck to the script. Play hits only. You did not want to play like the local or the, you know, the, 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 the shit that's just the shit in Magic City. You didn't want to play, you know what I'm saying? Like you stuck to the hits. Was, was that a strategy? Well, you know, I think it's it's just like playing cards, man. It's like playing spades. It's like poker, whatever you want. Play your spades first. Yeah, no, nah, it was more of a. I have so humbly speaking, I had so many songs. I even had so many songs. Obviously, I wasn't able to play, but you kind of throw your first card out there and you see what you know what the, what the next card comes, and then you react from there. So it was kind of just going as as it went along. I tried to figure out how I was going to compete, and I know both myself and Nelly are just you know, competitors. I don't know if they were, they had this photo circulating around the net from when we did rock and jock football like years ago together. And, you know, it's just like, I know how competitive he is. And, and that's what made it so special. Just understanding how competitive we were. But did, did your catalog, that. Did, sorry, but did your catalog even surprise you as you were getting ready for this? Man, listen, I don't, I wouldn't say my catalog surprised me, but I can honestly say that just like everyone else that was watching, it's great to hear all of the versatility and the collection of catalog all within a certain time frame because I don't think I've ever sat with my music right. and listened to it in that type of, you know, in that type of list and order just back to back over a very small amount of time. So I was just as much of a fan, humbly speaking, as everybody else was listening to both of our, our catalogs. Because um, honestly, right, you've, you've had three careers, right, Luda? I'm talking about, I remember me going to a radio station and me meeting Chris yeah. Lover, right? Yeah. Me meeting me Chris Lover, Lover. Then, then all of a sudden, I never, I, you never told me you rap, and all of a sudden I see you just, you just blow, you, you're, you're a rapper. Now you had this illustrious career in movies, right? 
What is still your first love? Like, so let me clarify something for you just so that you know. And I mean, obviously, you may not have known this, but I've been rapping since I was nine. When I worked at that radio station in Atlanta, Georgia, it was all a plan and a strategic plan that obviously worked out for me going up there to try and get people to listen to my music. Because I was like, it's artists and producers that come up here all the time. So when you got introduced to me, of course, I had to put on the face and I was acting as though I wanted to be a DJ, but what I was really doing was, was rapping. To answer your question, my first love is and will always be music. Mm-hmm. Always. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing that touches my soul more than music. And I'm going to tell you like this, bro, this is, this is serious business. I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I love Vin Diesel. I know niggas that's making hundreds and millions of dollars. Movies. There's no, there's no person on earth that doesn't envy the freedom that us artists have. And what I mean by that is, yes. you're part of a movie, nigga. You gotta, you only playing one part. It's, unless you're the producer, the director, the motherfucking like everything. You're a part of one piece of the puzzle. When you're an artist, mm. nigga, you, you, it's a blank piece of it's a blank page it's a blank canvas you paint what you want on that motherfucker you have complete control and freedom there's no other job in this world that allows you to do that except for like a painter or some shit hold hold on can i piggyback off of my brother yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's one that's one of the things about being an athlete that i always envied about artists because we are required to be role models per se by society and required Seriously. to take drug tests. As correct, well. <laughs> correct. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're required, like, we get judged if we didn't graduate from high school or don't go to college. We get judged if, like, we get in trouble mm. or we have a hustling background or if we drink or smoke. It's, not, it's something like, oh my God, it makes you a bad person. That was my next. Society's eyes. I always appreciate the freedom of an artist. How how many athletes live in uh, LA and where the the state is actually legal? Legal. And in Colorado, where it's legal, and you know, places like that, uh, uh, Boston even. And you you think they're going to still chest people? Just the hypocrisy. How people deal with. We and medicinal is like how the NCAA used to deal with violations. Like it used to be like a big thing. Like, oh my God, such and such had the nerve to take some money for a plane ticket. Now people know how much money is in the game. Like they should be getting paid. And it's the exact same thing over here. And it it, it doesn't become a big deal because everybody knows that that, that's just kind of how the game go. Right. Yo, and you know, to add to that as an artist, and I'm sure Nori can attest to this, I think we live long. And I think that the reason that we are able, even with all of our internal issues and we have problems like everybody else, but the equivalent of going and sitting with a damn, you know, a a therapist or something like that, nigga, when we do shows, it doesn't matter what we talk about in our music. It's therapy because we have thousands of people literally like saying the same things that we're saying and we know that they're feeling our music and feeling what was coming from our heart so that's what balances us out in terms mm-hmm. of all of the damn all the all the you know the, the problems that we have it just completely gets unleashed when we do these live shows and we give it we give it up it, it doesn't stay within and that helps with that being said luda um 
you know, with this pandemic going on, you think it's a, it's a threat to us? Because, you know, even sports is saying, you know, that they're they thinking about continuing, but they're thinking about continuing or doing certain sports with just no fans there. What happens if Luda actually has to do a tour with no fans? Does that take away everything from you or, or what does that put you in? Absolutely, man. It's never. It would never be the same if I did a damn concert or a show with no fans, man. They are the based breath. on what you just said. Just on it's what you just said about the energy and and the feedback from the audience. That that's gonna take all that away. Absolutely, they're the breath, man. It's a reciprocation. That's what's going on. You're feeding off the energy of the crowd. I can't necessarily speak for everybody, but individuals like myself, like Buster, motherfuckers who really give everything that they got on that stage so that anyone that paid a certain amount of money is knowing that they left that motherfucker with their money's worth and then some, there's no way it'll be the same mm. if the crowd is not there. L. Wow. Same, same question to you, Jalen. How would you feel if um, sports continues and, and, and is with the, with the no fan uh, rule? So... Wow. I'm glad I got a chance to hear Luda say that. And as somebody that's gone to so many shows, he, he made me look at it in a different light because the difference is sporting events can also be television events. Concerts, you want to entertain the people that are present. And so we can still do a game like UFC is still doing fights and like they can fake the crowd noise and they can do all of that stuff right. and make it look like a television event. And the players can still play the game. But like Luda said, without the fans in the stands and you being able to hear what they say and hear what the coaches say, hear what the refs say, it, it it's going to, it's not going to be the same without the fans. Like you're going to see some bizarre stuff happening, some crazy upsets and, and, and like learning things that you didn't really know about the game, which may be good without the fans. The fans are the heartbeat. I agree. Nigga, the pandemonium is our peace. Right. Yes. Let me ask yes. you the organized confusion. <laughs> Did you watch the other battles prior to getting into to the battle? Man, I watched every single one of them. I was a fan from day one for numerous reasons. So that's part of the reason I'm so glad I got a chance to do it. I, I love that shit, man. Right, right, right. Um, uh, uh, um, okay, all right. So now Will they be doing, wait, would y'all think they'll be doing rematches? Do I think they'll be doing rematches? I don't like, know. Should, or, or should people like, like would, who would you want to, would you battle somebody else now after that experience? Um, I hadn't even thought that far ahead, bro. Cause I'm like probably the fifth battle that happened on this, on this platform. That's what I'm saying. Started. Like it's all new. So <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's weird because I think there is something to say for you going and releasing and, and like letting people hear your records. And then if you go again, it may not have the same impact, same impact play right. some of those records. I think that's, that's part of the reason that it's so dope to do it. So, you know, I would have to, that that opportunity would have to present itself for me to really give it an honest, um, you know, consideration. Like, there's people who who just know me from Drink Champs. For some reason, they don't know nothing about my music career. <laughs> they don't know nothing. Have you hey. ever, like, faced that, Luda? Where you, hey, good. Let me 
Nigga, I got like four names in these streets, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got Ludacris, you got you got Tez from Fast and Furious, you got there's the guy that was on the song with Justin Bieber. Uh, man, I got so many goddamn names, bro. It's ridiculous. But that's a blessing though, Nori. That means you made a motherfucking statement and you right. impacted the world majorly on more than one thing. Now, don't take take that as and- a compliment. And also, and also what that is, Nori and Luda, that shows that you a vet, you an OG and reinvented yourself. Yeah, but hold like on. All of the dudes. I got to ask you the same question because you, you got like four of them too. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm so fortunate that like my mother created a name that's now common. Like my God, my, my biological father name was James. My uncle Leonard took her to the hospital. She mm-hmm. combined those names and made Jalen, and now it's everywhere. Like I'm doing the draft, I'm watching the NFL. Like it's every, it's a common name now, right? And it's you're crazy. From, you're from, you're from yeah. correct, right? I'm I'm like just <laughs> from the from the west side of Detroit. But what I want to tell you guys, the reason why you can have so many different names and likenesses and stuff is because all of the OGs that have stand power reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, how many names have Jay had? How many names have Puff had? Because you're around so long, they become tags. They become handles. It almost like when you had a beeper, it become like your, your code. Mm-hmm. And then you move on from it when the new device comes. That's what y'all been able to do. Okay. Well, I'm going to give y'all both questions as a fan. The other day, DMX came over. <laughs> we chilling. I have no idea what's happening. Swiss actually calls DMX. Oh, I oh I got oh I got to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Swiss calls DMX. In true DMX fashion, he picks up. You know, we're playing Jingle. I have never played Jingle before, but DMX is a Jingle, Jingle, right? Isn't Jingle, it? what is it? Whatever that shit is. Jingle, <laughs> Jingle, whatever that shit is. Yeah, I'm playing Jingle that. Jingle so, you know, X, 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 X is a dorm room guy. Like, he, 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 that's a dorm room shit, right? So I said, fuck it, I'm doing it. Swiss calls him three minutes before this. Swiss says, yo, Eminem wants to battle. X says, well, whatever, tell him I'm, I'm down. And then he goes, but then X says, but I really want Jay, right? Swiss says, he's not coming outside. X says, he doesn't have to come outside. He can play it from the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if X understood the terminology. Like, coming outside, you know. But it was hilarious. It was hilarious, right? We all laugh. What do you guys think? Like, I, I'm sure both of us, I'm sure both of you guys, you know, ha- everyone has to love DMX. Like, DMX is just one of those artists we just all love. But Jalen, I got to start with you because you're from Detroit. So you okay. might have... You know, I know that Eminem blood is running through you as well. When okay. you heard about this battle, what did you think? And what did you like? Go ahead. So I did um, something with the last dance with Swiss Sunday night. Okay. And I'm glad I'm with both of you guys because he gave me a few battles that I want to ask you guys' opinions. Let's First off, when somebody calls out somebody else, usually they beef up, not down. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They always call out somebody that they definitely know that people may see as their equal or better. I, but, I respect that. Right? Mm-hmm. But when I was with Swiss, he said DMX and Busta Rhymes. Mm. That's 
what he said. He didn't say Eminem. What do you guys think about that? Because I think... Well, first off, DMX has so many great records for a period of time. He was sleep on like... He, he like Luda in this. Like, when you start... Like, I was watching the Nelly thing with Luda. I was like... Luda got a lot of number one records. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's about what I think about DMX. And both of y'all was on Def Jam. So what do you guys think about all of us that? was on Def Jam? Right. Yeah, yeah. all of y'all on yeah. Def Jam, right? Yep. Except Eminem. Um, even Jay, me, Luda, Jay, um, Jay and DMX. But he's affiliated through Paul being the president of Def Jam at one point. Damn, that's true too. God damn, but is he still the president? Talking. He's not the president no more. Right. But, I just think they different weight classes. Okay. Weight classes. Okay. And what, what, how about you, Luda? Man, you know what's crazy, man? First and foremost, legit, what you said about DMX, man, that's actually one of my guys, man. He, I love DMX's spirit. I love... He's anointed. Like, he's, to, me, to me, he's anointed. It's like, I, when he comes around, I know that I Jesus him is too. there around, too. Like, I'm so sorry to say that. Like, but Jesus comes with him, bro. Like, it, it doesn't... And it when you go on later, I got a DMX story too. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Go yeah. ahead, Legend. Now, it doesn't get much realer. It doesn't get much realer in terms of just pure, don't like he says exactly what the fuck he means. You could yeah. just, like, he's till this day just one of the realest. I mean, I could, I'm trying to find hold a back lot at of all. words. But, um, you know, I would, have, I would have to hear more names in order for me. When you said Eminem versus DMX, and when you said Emin, I mean, uh, Jay Z versus DMX. I like those. I don't know if I love them. I, I want to hear more names so that I could feel like, oh, okay, to me personally, in my opinion, I think there might be a, di- a better matchup of just personalities or, you know, l- trying to match up lyrics or how certain people's tones are and what they, you know, like that's that's what I'm trying to do. I don't really see those as being phenomenal battles, but I could be wrong. And that's what I love so much about these verses is that some people, they, you know, you, it starts really making you think. It really, really provokes a lot of thought. But my initial reaction to both of those, I don't, I don't like them. Right. DMX said, he said, Jay-Z, here yeah. with us. Yeah. And the right. thing is, is that it's unfinished business in his mind. Right. Like it's a continuation <laughs> of their already ongoing battling. Yeah, but we all gotta relax on that one. It's not. Happening. I'm just saying, but that's why it's to him. That's that's it's a given. Like that's who, in his mind. He still it's, thinks it's unfinished business. Yes, yes. Sure. Got you. Yeah, you know what's you know what's crazy is that there are certain artists that they can't have 20 records. These niggas gotta have like 40. Let's just be honest. Some gotta have the 30. Some gotta have the 40. And it's only like about five to six artists who can actually do that shit. Let's make, yeah. let's be real. Like, let's just say if Drake were to ever do a battle, if Jay Z is were to do a battle, twenty is like nothing to these motherfuckers. Dre bro. and Puff as well. Dre and Puff as well. Nigga, for real, exactly. Dre, Puff. Think about it, man. This is we, this is some real big talk. We talking some real shit. So I, when you talk about when you, you just DJ F and you just said, would I ever do it again? The fact that there may not be mat- rematches and all this shit, you got to put the best matches possible together the first fucking time right. so that you don't have any resentments or regrets. So why did they right. put these two motherfuckers together? It didn't even make sense. 
You know what I loved about um, you and Nelly on both? Um, when y'all got back into fan mode, like um, when you saluted Nas for, you know, being on that record, when Nelly saluted, you know, talked about his days in New York, because yeah. I remember where he got the Air Force Ones from, you know what I mean? Like he was hanging out with us in <laughs> Penalty Records. But, you know, the he fact said that, that you too. Guys, I, I love the fact that you guys don't forget like the, like you know the essence of not, I don't want to say the essence of hip hop but the essence of how things started and you guys pay that homage. I, I, I but in particular that one moment when you spoke about the Nas uh, record and when you spoke about like you know how you was honored to be on the record. How, how did you even get that call? How did that even like come about? Man, Nas has has begun on record saying before that I was one of his favorite rappers, man, and I'm I still to this day. It's surreal for me to for me to hear that, and it was the biggest compliment in the world. And I got that call to get on that record, and I, immediately I was like, "Where that?" Yeah, like, who called? Me... Def Jam or Nas himself? Nas, Nas made the call. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Don't, and, uh, don't. You know, Nas and Nas and Shaka, my manager, have been cool for a minute as well because Shaka used to work at the label with Nas, mm-hmm. so it was always family. And then me and him are Virgo, so our personalities like. Off camera, a Virgo so too, nigga. I'm a Virgo too, nigga. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that record, that yeah. I'm, I was so glad I was able to play that record because that shit right there made so much impact for me in terms of the respect that I got holding my own with two hip hop heavyweights that everybody else respected. And uh, from there on out, it was like, okay, Luda is is a is a down. He's down south, real respected lyric. See, lyricism, part, all that rap. That part right there is the part that people never know. Like people, yeah. like you understand. Like sometimes you you feel like when you get to a certain level that you know what it's like. Fuck it, I'm just doing me. When you, the fact that you can, we, we, we can all it's all humbling moments. You know what I'm saying? But we yeah. can still humble ourselves and say, "What? I got a chance to be on that." That is that is what makes people great, motherfucking phenomenal. You ain't never lied, man. Ever, ever, ever. That shit is crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. And I, I just love that memory, having those memories. Coming to New York, man, I have a funny ass uh, tunnel story to tell whenever we're ready to, but I'll try and make get it to the quick. tunnel and we're gonna get to your diary. Um, yeah. uh, so, but but Jalen, you said you want a story with uh, DMX? You got a story? Well, yeah, a couple of things. One, like, and, and watching Luda and Nelly battle, I, I just wanted to salute the Midwest and Atlanta and the, and, and the South, just watching how. You know, we started to get acknowledged in the game of hip hop. Like that took a long time. And say, say that again, Janet. I'm sorry. The respect for the Midwest, the South, the Midwest, yeah, and the South right. in hip hop that took a long time. But somebody that was born in '73, like I, I know about the Cold Crush and the Funky Four Plus One, and remember Run DMC and the Message, and I like I, I know about it, all of that, <clears throat> and. I wondered when it was going to ever happen being from Detroit, like Motown, we celebrate all music, all genres, rock, you know, Barry Gordy had Motown, like like that type of thing. So for it to happen with rap was dope. My DMX story is playing for the Bulls, fam, family with the locks, shout to Jada Styles and Sheik. They were in town. They were about to do a show. I don't. I, I think it was House of Blues. We was at the spot doing what Nori do on his show all of the time. <laughs> and they was about to go perform. We got the cars outside. Everybody was looking for X. 
X was going to do what X do. We was following behind one another. X wasn't ready when it was time for the show to start. And all I know, one of my favorite moments, Ludo and Nori and Hip Hop, I'm standing on the stage doing X ad lib. Oh. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I knew every record and didn't mess up once. And Dang. he came, I straight gave him the mic. I ain't mess up once. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> Real talk. That's now that's a memory. You don't get yeah, that's it's not too many people that get to do some of their favorite rappers ad libs in life, period. So dope. Ah. So and also Luda, I, I if you don't mind, uh Nora, I want to ask Luda a question. So you followed in X footsteps being a dope MC, creating bars on your uh, on your records, but also you a great actor and you've been in like some great, you know, films. So what about like that transition? Man, uh, the transition started when John Singleton made you rest in power, man. He asked me to be in Too Fast, Too Furious and I had to try out for it. But I was on tour with Eminem at the time. And when I and it was like they, they needed crazy. it ASAP, so I was backstage. Yeah, that's crazy. Stunning. You just can't say that. Hold on. You heard that? He came with the haymaker. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on tour with Eminem and John Singleton calls me. That's not no regular shit, Luda. Hold on, slow down. Yeah. Come on, way too so, fast. Say so that again. So, say, yeah. Slow it down. Slow it down. Wait a minute. What? Say that. What? I was so busy that I had to I had to record myself on tape backstage 20 minutes before I went on stage. And I remember reading the lines and everything. And then the next day I got the call and I had the part. Now, little did I know until later, he was like, I think Ja Rule was the person he wanted for the, for the role. But Ja Rule, I guess, was either uh, asking for too much money or doing something. And he was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Luda. So I always say thank Ja for uh, turning that thing. <laughs> doing whatever he did to... to to mess up the opportunity because I don't think y'all understand. Wow, that's crazy. Wow, take a shot for Ja Rule, Luda. Seven, take a shot for Ja Rule. He's also yeah. a deaf jam. You got to take a shot, Luda. You take a shot. Yeah, so look, <laughs> two fast, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and hopefully 10 and 11 will be shit. <laughs> Shout to Rosenberg. Now, let me yeah, ask you crazy. something, Luda. There was a discrepancy yeah. at one time about Fast and Furious. I believe Tyrese and Rock was going at it. What was that thing about and? And what was it? Because The Rock did a, a, a spinoff of that. And when he did a spinoff, then y'all guys couldn't continue filming fast? Yeah, um, I think it was it, I, there was a big misconception of things going on. And I think that some maybe some 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 people got some premature information. But what you need to understand, they were both under the Universal umbrella. So it's up to Universal to green light certain things. Because they're the ones that's paying hundreds of millions of dollars in order to shoot these movies. How much, Luda? How much? Hundreds of hundreds of millions. So oh, like the budget, it. don't get it twisted with hundreds of thousands, like, hundreds of millions. Yeah, the, the average budget for a fast movie is like two hundred million, bro. So and, and up. So so what whatever was going on between them two, it, you know, I feel like they may have felt as if it was that they had certain powers on their own, but the realiz the realiz realization of it was that. Universal is calling the shots because they're the one that's cutting the checks. So mm. I just think it was a misconception, man. Wow. Hold on, I got. I want to ask Luda something. This is going back talking about just straight rhyming and emceeing, and you talking about being respected as a lyrical MC. Have you ever felt? And me, I'm talking as a DJ from Miami, early '90s. We was we was looking for lyricism coming out of Miami and out of the South. We're known for bass music 
and all. So which we, it's just a part of our culture, hundred percent. Did you ever feel like we don't get respected in the South for lyricism, or we Absolutely. felt sort ourselves of it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Nori? I said, here we go. Yo, he, listen, Ian Freddie, just in case y'all don't know, this guy, when y'all go look up the South, he is there like this. He loves the South, and I respect that. I respect. I knew he was going to ask you this. Gag. Yeah, it took a long time for us to get that respect, man. There's, there's history, and it's, there's a whole... There's a whole, like, list of history there because the bass music, obviously, that was in Miami. And, you know... And, then and Atlanta, had Matt, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Bass money. Yep. Bass music in Atlanta and, and in Miami and all throughout Florida, yeah. Georgia. And then it took for, you know, outcast kind of on a popular level to really break everyone's stereotype of what could be possible coming from the South. Yeah. And then from there on out, you know, um, humbly speaking, individuals like myself and we just kept we kept hammering away, man. And next thing you know, we got the respect that we needed. You, you, you so, know what I want to say? You know what I want to say? Because a lot of y'all think that from the South, that people in New York didn't respect y'all lyrical content, right. didn't respect y'all. But the thing is, had we had Twitter back then, y'all would have knew how much we respected y'all. Y'all would have knew how <laughs> but much. But don't forget, we would travel to New York too, though, brother. Yeah, we but, would, but sometimes we would but, see the res- lack of but, the respect but, sometimes. But, but you know, you, we all do respect, right? You ever heard somebody that says, you know, I traveled to London and, you know. And no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Time, and then they just base the whole London off of your one-time experience. You can't, that's not the real not you know what i'm saying so right. the thing about it is we respect the midwest we it, it was certain acts but we we had no way of telling you we respected you guys you know what i'm saying because because you guys wouldn't go to the venues you guys would go to the venues that's hot you understand you guys would want to go to the tunnel you guys would want to go to you know there's certain things as opposed to the lyricist lounge but, but i also think regionally Accents well, and slang. People family. didn't think it was lyrical, but like for example, like I think Trick Daddy's a lyrical ass motherfucker. You know, like Scarface is one of the best to ever do it. For instance, 100%. I don't want to make it personal, but if you look at all my features in my beginning of the career, it was with David Banner, Juvenile. No, I, no, right. we're not talking about you. I traveled to the South, so I understood. So, so when people said that New York don't respect it, I was always the example. Like Pharrell is not from New York. That motherfucker's not from New York, and I. Put, I don't want to say put him under my wing, but, you know, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> but, well, you help validate him. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and, so, and so can I... Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. No, no, because no, so what I'm trying to say is New York, we respected y'all. It's just that we didn't have the, the opportunity or the connections to actually tell y'all. Like, you know, we loved Outkast just as much as y'all. We loved UGK just as much as y'all. We loved Scarface just as much as y'all. You know what I mean? It's just that That's we... Good. We didn't have the, you know what I mean? We didn't have the means to say, yo, if Scarface dropped the record, to tweet back. Like, nigga, this is crazy, nigga. Like, we didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? Nah, so we had to actually identify with that. Yeah. So that's why the internet and this social media is actually so, a great thing. And I'm glad he said Scarface, by the way. I'm glad he said Scarface. Because Scarface was before Outkast, man. Yeah. And he did so much Get to boy, open Scarf- that, yeah. that conversation. Giving the man. dude and all Ooh. of them, yeah. So, so, I, so, so... So how about this? This is great that we have in this. I love this. Terrific artists, legendary MCs, both of you guys drop bars. Mm-hmm. You guys are great actors, been in multiple movies. And so, Nori, you from the East. Luda, you from the South. Let me be the referee from the Midwest. Yeah. Okay? Because I saw... 
Coast had a stranglehold on the game. I talked about it earlier. Even through the 80s, LL, Rakim, everybody, on and on and on and on. But then the South had their turn and took a stranglehold of the game. Like um, UGK, Ghetto Boys, Jay Prince was an independent artist. Suave House, Ma- A-Ball and Masterpiece. All the MJG, Master P, Young Money, I mean, not money, Cash Money. Like, all of them came in like the 90s. Right? And once the South got it, it wasn't that New York didn't appreciate it. It was like, damn, they took it from us. Nah. That, that's what happened. Not like for real. I'm a, that, that's, what, that's what happened. It was like they got hot real fast and all of a sudden, yo, it ain't. It, New York became possessive of the game. I agree. That, that, that's that's like I I, I I I my family lives in, out in in Georgia. Luda, no, he can't take five steps in Georgia without running to somebody from Detroit. <laughs> uh, straight, that's a straight fact. You know what I'm saying? We migrated down there. You all know why. And Miami, I was living there when y'all migrated there from New York. Mm-hmm. Pit Puff was living down there. Joe was living down there. Cali came up. You had number one records. I seen y'all at the spots. Right. Joe Snow Crab. <laughs> I had a spot at the Portofino. I, I was there. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I was in there with Meech and them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. Big up, big up, big up, big up, big up, big up, BMF. You, you, you BMF. see what I'm saying? Taking over amnesia, club like, amnesia. Like, like for real. So it, it, New York did appreciate Atlanta in the South. It wasn't like they were like denying their talent. It was just like, damn, they came with so many artists and so much heat and so much style, and like it was just like overwhelming mm. for the whole game. And that that's how they just swung it to the south and and kept a stranglehold on it. You guys can argue about for how long. No, I feel I, like they still got it. And which had already happened with the West Coast too, mind you. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I just feel like I feel like that's what hip hop is. Hip hop, everybody deserves a turn from the Midwest to the South to the East Coast to 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 even overseas, Canada. Let's, let's, let's not forget Canada. Canada is out here. They're not a part of the United States at all. And they out here. Now we've got the number one album. Let's big up to Tory Lanez. Let's big up to uh, uh, Drake. Let's big up to, you know, uh, Cardinal Official. Who, um, Belly. Let's big up to uh, uh, all these guys. Like, hip-hop deserves an era everywhere. Yeah. You know why? Because you, 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 I know this is crazy. This is Well said. This is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound retarded. When I was coming up, right, I thought I was the only gangster. I swear to God. I didn't think there was another gangster down the block. Like, so when I used, I'm so sorry to say this, but when I used to shoot at people, I thought that was it. <laughs> I never thought people would shoot at me back. When someone <laughs> shot at me back, I was like, you're the only shooter? <laughs> you know I and I, what are you doing shooting at me? I didn't the realize shoot at that you. other people, other places who think they're just as real as me. And I didn't realize that. And that's what music is going through right now. The thing is, everybody deserves their turn. Everybody oh. deserves, from, from Canada to, listen, I feel like Vancouver in Canada is about to have a moment. I feel like Augusta, Georgia, not just ATL, 
y'all. I feel like it's going to be a whole other movement around in a different part of Georgia that's yeah. going to come, and they're going to, and that's going to be the South of Atlanta's competition. I just feel like everybody deserves it because everybody has the same struggle. We have the same story, and it's the same, like you know, uh, uh, same passion, same passion. You know what I'm saying? As and the thing about it is, I love it more now. Not not hip hop in general, but what I'm saying is. These young brothers actually don't need a record label at all. They can actually go right to the internet and just... What do you think about that, Luda? Yeah, you're right, man. Like, it's different when, you know, we had a demo tape and we was trying to sell albums out the trunk of our car and shit. Mm -hmm. Now it's like everybody asks for advice. I'm like, you create your own fan base. It's it's a lot easier to do that right now. And don't tell me your music is hot. You got to let me... You got (laughs) to... You have to create a fan base in order for me to believe that your music is mm-hmm. hot. It's that simple. So you got to create a movement, man. If you can't sell to the nigga next door to you, how the fuck you think you're going to sell to me? Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I got to ask you guys both a question. Okay. Because, like, founder of a charter high school, I have so many people that want to be like you guys. Mm-hmm. And they want to be basketball players and athletes as well. And I'll start with you, Nori, first. No Can you guys... Please let the world know and watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan right now, some of the things you sacrifice and the time and energy that goes into your craft. Oh. Like if you're writing rhymes, if you're thinking of thinking through beats, if you're thinking like, like, please let the world know, like you don't just wake up in the morning and press out a record and all of a sudden you're number one in the country. Well, well, I love to answer this question. A lot of people don't know. My first album came out in 1997. It was called The War Report. And everyone calls it a classic now. Everyone says it deserves five mics now. Everyone says how ill it was now. Everyone says... But back yeah. then, I'm just being honest, as an underground artist, I couldn't connect to the people. I couldn't understand it. It was a classic. So I was still on the block. I was still doing the same exact thing. It wasn't until I seen a brother named Akineli, and I certainly said the story before, but Akineli had a record called Put It In Your Mouth. I had a record called LALA and T-O-N-Y. They do not mix together mm. at all. Akineli saw, the, Akineli saw what was in me, and Akineli brought me on tour because I had this album that people are saying, yeah, it's great, the album that people are saying is a classic, but I didn't see the residuals. I didn't see what came from that. So I had to actually go start all over. And the thing about it is when people want to, like, you know, really be in this music industry and they, you know, they can't they can't separate the streets from from what it is. Not only did I stop selling, you know, the things that I was selling prior to that for for this, but I had a classic album that people call a classic album now. And I was still in the streets. So wow. I had to just take it all the way. And it was one brother who showed me the world. And it was Akineli. Akineli said, yo, look, bro, LA and and TR and Y. Because you got to remember, I come, like I said, 1997. If you didn't have video music box, um, if you didn't have B, like... Three dollars a video. Yeah, you, if you didn't have the, 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 the video... Uh, no, and that, that's... that's um, the, I forget what, what that is called. That was the, the jukebox. Yeah, yeah, the jukebox. If you didn't have that, <laughs> you didn't know how I looked. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't even getting shows with a quote-unquote classic album. It wasn't until NRE, you know what I mean? Where I went out there and I did a song called I'm Leaving on the Firm album. And again, I've had to fly out to L.A. and, you know, Nas and them is the hottest in the world. I can't believe they're going to put me on their group album called The Firm and I'm leaving a part of the group. And I stood there and I just did it. And it was a record called I'm Leaving. And that's what set off my whole solo career. But for that year and a half up to there, I really stopped doing everything. I dedicated my life and my craft 
one wow. million percent to this. Wow. Shit, you know what I'm saying? And and the shit worked out. I mean, there's a lot of people who probably it didn't, but that's that, it's a very much sacrifice. You can't have one foot in in this area and one foot in over there. If you're gonna really be serious about this, you have to have two feet in your eyes, your eyebrows. You see, I'm Puerto Rican. I got thick eyebrows, so you gotta have all that <laughs> shit in there. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that's real. So Aluda, I'm gonna ask you. You want to ask the same question to Aluda, Jay? Yeah, for real, Luda. What about you and your come up, especially being from the South? Mm-hmm. You talking about the command? I was so intrigued by Nori's answer. I, I forgot what the hell the original damn question crazy, was, right? bro. So I'll tell you, it was crazy. So it's like mm-hmm. you have bars. Right. You've done a great job of continuing to not only sell records but become like an artist that's mainstream. But what ends up happening is so many people want to be like you. They don't know the sacrifices that you made and what it takes for you to make a record and the time, the sacrifices and like the notes that you take and the the beats that you listen to. Like, please give um, a snapshot of like the energy that takes to be a professional in your craft. Yeah, sacrifice is definitely my middle name, man. If I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sacrifice. I just posted on my Instagram, and you can go look at it. Like all the people that's watching at Ludacris, I still have my 1993 Acura Legend, bro. I'll never mm. get rid yeah, of that. The gold shit. one, right? Mm. Gold. So the gold. So the gold Acura. At a time when uh, that was my tour bus, man. I, you know, when I was working at the radio station, in order to pay for studio time, in order to pay for mixing and mastering, I would wear pretty much the same clothes every day, or the promotional t-shirts that I got for free working at the radio station, that's what I would wear because I'd be saving all my money to put myself in the studio. I wasn't such a materialistic person. So everything, if you want to be successful, you got to learn how to sacrifice one thing in order mm, to get another. Preach. It's that simple, man. I, I could talk about sacrifice all day. I've sacrificed 10 years of my life, just put out a platform called Kid Nation, which is basically the hip hop music and other genres of music for kids with enriching content but sounds just as good as some of the shit that we putting out. So go to KidNation.com and follow KidNation on IG. So you'll see the fruits of that labor moving wow. forward because we just launched a video on KidNation.com talking about kids washing their hands with a hook and everything that's catchy. Just that's so that it dope. That's crazy dope. So, yeah, man. So listen, you know, that, that sacrifice is everything. But, that's yeah. dope. <laughs> because, because like... Oh, When you guys get on the elevator, you hear background music. One of the things we do at our school, I'm the founder, tuition-free, open enrollment, public charter. We get zero state funding for our facility. Zero. Like, I deal with the the young people that feel that, that are underprivileged, that are underserved. The ninth grade through the college graduate. Like that, that's the young people that I nurture. And one of the things we do in our building and your song that you just mentioned reminded me of it is one of the records I play is Nas, I Know I Can. You just reminded me of that. Is that song kind of like that? Absolutely. So we only have one song up right now because we're doing a soft launch, but it's basically, it's about hygiene and it's about, because that's the number one to fight the, that's the number one way to fight this virus right now is by washing your hands the proper way. And then, you know, it's talking about brushing your teeth and just trying to remind our children that that's what's, you, you have to make sure you, you stay, keep your hygiene right. But we have way more songs on the way. So again, 
any subject matter you could possibly think about that we're trying to teach our kids, man. Yeah, it's, on so the way. So we're going, it's revolutionary, bro. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk talk to them about, talk to them, Luda, on one of the songs about using social media to their benefit, not their detriment. I like that. (laughs) Talk to them about that. Because use social media, don't be used by it. Yeah, every time you post something that can stop you from getting a scholarship, it can stop you from getting a job, it can stop you from an opportunity. Every time people start taking on social media so young, so So, young. I got you because the second verse of that record that I got with Lil Wayne no one was able to hear that on when we on the battle, but wait till, the, right. wait till you hear the second verse. Yeah. I'm definitely hitting some of those things as well as some other controversial topics that will be talked about, I'm sure. So I'll have this record out within a week and uh, you, you, you'll hear That's it. Timberland produced the that? Land. Timberland produced it, right? Timberland, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how. Let's yeah, make some yeah. noise for that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but Thank um, you, sir. So, um, two chains. Like, uh... Oh, bracelets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what you said, Jalen? I'm sorry. Full bracelets. That's okay. what he's saying in his song. You know, <laughs> Detroit, just like Detroit and Atlanta has a kinship, guys. We're cousins. That's right. We're cousins. That's right. The struggle is real. So would you say, would you say Luda, like, is that the most successful artist you put on in this game? Uh yeah, man. You know, he used to be in the group player circle, man. Yeah. And, Man, they music, if you haven't listened to it, you got to go back and, and listen to it, man. You'll see where it set the stage and the foundation for everything. Not just that, duffel bag. <laughs> yeah, not just duffel bag. But right. I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things where, like you said, Nori, sometimes when somebody's first album comes out, people don't understand the impact that it really has until later on and you go back and listen to it. That's how you know certain people are ahead of their time. Right. But yeah, man, uh, you know, his success and everything that he's done, I couldn't be more proud, man. And it's like, it's crazy because our birthdays are like one day apart. So in terms of that Virgo stuff, yeah. I mean, what more needs to be said? It's just self-explanatory. The sacrifices that we all make, we know how to sacrifice. <laughs> now, what was that moment like? Like, you know, you put him on, like, for lack of a better word or whatever, you know. And then he says, yo, you know what? I want to go do my own thing. Was that something hard for you to do to let him go and let him do his own thing? Or that was something like, you know what? I understand it because, like we said, we're all Virgos. We probably... Nah. No, I understand it, man. I'm one of those people that always want individuals to grow and evolve, man. It's just a product of life. That's I'm I'm glad when that is because some people, uh, you know, they just want to stick around. They just want to stick to this regular script and they're comfortable where they at. 
So, you know, anybody who wants more out of life, I'm always going to support that, man. And that's the original goal. When you a CEO of something and you have artists, I told L.A. Reid one time and he said he's never heard any artist ever say this before in his life. I said, I want to sign artists that are going to be bigger than Ludacris has ever been. So that was always mm. my goal. Mm. It was never a situation where I was like, I only want to sign artists if they're going to be not as successful as me. So I'm just like, I'm here to support anyone's dreams and and any and anywhere they want to go, shape, form, or fashion. And, you know, I, I know his family. That's dope. He has a certain place in my heart that'll never, never go away. So I'm always going to support anything that he does. Goddamn, a great fucking yeah. answer, bro. Luda, is there any producer that you haven't worked with that you that you want to work with or that I've you been wished around, you I've been worked around with? Dr. Dre? He, you know, I was almost had a beat. I actually worked with him on some of his stuff, but I never had an official Dr. Dre beat that Luda's on. I would love to still explore that. And I would love to get a song with Eminem, which I, I gotta make Ooh. you know because we still haven't done. And I was on tour with him. So during that time frame, I remember us you know, juggling and trying to trying to figure something out, but it just never officially You talking him rhyming and producing? Producing just rhyming or both? Oh, I'm not necessarily stuck to one or the other. I, as long as the shit is hot, I don't give a fuck what right. the hell is going on. Because <laughs> they produces. gotta get on the track. Ooh, right, that right, would be exactly. nasty. Yeah, mm. man. Oh, man, that, this, this, this is beautiful talk right here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also, I have to say this because uh, I think somebody said something about strip clubs or songs earlier. And I talked about the, the kinship that Detroit and Atlanta has. And Luda can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I love him. He's a he's a legend. He's a G. He's a multi-millionaire. He's in a mansion right now. Yeah. I just know that on Sunday, what was it? Uh, Pink Pony? Pink Pony. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's so many damn Who's strip clubs. It could have been, I don't know, Jazzy T's. It could have been Strokers. Some different every day. It's every single day, man. Some of them multiple on the same day. So, it, it listen, it, it changes, you know, every now and then sporadically. But for the most part, it, I wanted to ask y'all something. Is it, a, is it, uh, Magic City should be the most popular strip club in the world. Am I correct I by saying that? Or would you say, is there anything? Problem, I, I mean, flash. other than maybe... A little lesser known, but uh, the Rolex in Miami, which is kind of legendary. I don't know. You got to be ghetto to know the Rolex, though. <laughs> it is. It, is, it was the hood spot. The it was the hood spot. Yeah. I know about the King Rolex. of Diamonds, though, now. For, I know for, about KOD, too. Yeah. KOD, for sure. But yeah, man. All married men on here, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I know, just, but it's Statue of Limitations. She know you got to pass. <laughs> I was just on with Eminem. She I mean, know I was you just, was in the streets when she met you. The lunatic in the subject. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 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 yeah well, Luda remember. <laughs> but Luda got kids. He like... <laughs> yeah, we all, we all. You know, nah, that, this, yo, this is beautiful. I love to talk just hip-hop. I love... All right, okay, one thing I, I love about your show, Jalen, is you always incorporate hip-hop. Like, everything about your thing... Is hip hop? Is that something that is? Is that something you have to run by ESPN, or that's just something that you do it and they have to accept? Well, thank you for for acknowledging that. So for nine years, I, I'll never forget walking into an ESPN studio, and I'm like, I get to do my own thing, and then they showed up the next day. I had Jay with the gold tooth in his mouth and the big rope. Mm. I had Bruce Lee. I had the Ali Summit because uh, across the national landscape, 
They, no, they, no, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Oh, why? <laughs> I, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. I work for Disney. I, I'm working. I got a corporate job, and so it's like, yo, mm-hmm. I seen other shows, Luda, Nori, mm-hmm. DJ Ethan, that had like bobbleheads, that like helmets, that like kind of were culture vultures, in my opinion, but didn't embrace who we were. So I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it correct. And if you not hearing what I'm saying, because remember, when you do a television show, I tell this to people that want to get in this industry, Mm. half of your audience isn't hearing what you're saying. Mm. They're at a bar, they're at a restaurant, they're at an Mm. airport. They're just watching the TV. So your visuals matter, what you're wearing. I try to have a fresh cut. I have a try to have a good background because they're watching it. And so I wanted it to look like us mm. without me saying a word. And mm. I and I and I got a lot of um pushback from that. I was in Luda's video move and I was working for ESPN. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I didn't I never told you this. So I got a couple of I got a couple of um, emails about that video. Oh, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, this is this is what we do. This is who we are. Don't just play our songs at the game and in and out of promos. Like, play the video. Yeah, I'm in the video. <laughs> so, like, I used to fight this. We had survival of the fittest, mob deep for a playoff song for NBA Countdown. And, and I used to be like, that's going to become like a soundtrack. Like, if you see Draymond Green on the floor, put on, they call me D-Nice. Like, mm. make it a soundtrack. And I was trying to incorporate this into, like, national media, and it was tough. And so now that it's normal, I'm glad that we can do this right now, Norby. Please have another drink and smoke something. Luda, switch your pick anytime you want. Wear whatever, you know, (laughs) beater you want because we're here now. But was that what the Fab Five look was about? Because the Fab Five look, like, that was the first time we got to see hip-hop represented. Yes. Like a college level, NBA level. Like, y'all had back, y'all was wearing 3X shorts. Like y'all was wearing, y'all was wearing like yeah, yeah, like y'all was looking like the hip hop videos that was relevant at that time. And baggy shorts was it, and the, and y'all was out there with the baggiest of the baggiest. Damn, the crazy thing is, from the early '90s to '94, I was in college. So mm-hmm. then I got a chance to be in the league and have my own money. So I remember not being like not being respected, not being appreciated by the mass media and being treated like I'm a criminal or a drug dealer or a bad person based on my appearance. Like, I was listening to NWA and Compton's Most Wanted, and Mm. the media came into the locker room and was like, I'm a thug, I'm a hoodlum, you know what I'm saying? Because I was representing, like... uh, Pac first album. A lot of people sleep on Pac first album. It's real political. We used to listen nah, to that's that. That's his best album. Yeah, right. Oh, oh see, so you a DJ. Strictly for my yeah. niggas. Yeah, the, yeah. One, the one before that one too. Um, with, with um, my homies, and that one, like that, that was my homies car. Yeah. It's right like, after you left Digital Underground, as just a dancer. Yeah. So like in sports, 
it's phony in a lot of ways because we'll show Luda, we'll show T.I., we'll show Nori, and we'll show you guys on the front row. But then at the same time, we didn't want to play your music. We didn't want to play your music. You can be, you can, we can dog and pony show you, but we, we want to play your, we're not going to play your music. But now Luda can go to a game at the, with the Hawks and stand at the half court and be butt naked with a microphone and they'll <laughs> beg him to do it. You can go oh. to Nori, you can go to a Nick game, they will beg you to bring your podcast to a game. They will beg you. I don't like the it, 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 It's just different now. That's all. Mm. They, they have to respect us because we got a voice, we got money, and we live in the suburbs too. So they can't dismiss us anymore. God damn. So Luda, I mean, I gotta ask this biggie question. Did you ever think that hip hop would go this far? Like you ever thought, you know, just loving hip hop? Because at the end of the day, like Jalen, I'm sure you could attest to this, you know, you just loving the game of basketball has brought you to so many remarkable different places. Um, EFN, same thing, but Luda, same thing. It's like, you know, just us loving hip hop, because us loving hip hop is the first love. And then the creating hip hop and everything else and the accolades that come after that. You ever thought that hip hop would bring you to the, the levels? I know you've been all over the goddamn world. Man, that's that's a great ass question because as a hip hop artist, it's like sometimes you're so engulfed in the shit, you haven't even thought that far ahead about where the fuck hip hop is going. Mm. When like when you in it, like when you so much in it, and then it kind of takes for you to get different perspectives and you know, just like you said, start traveling the world. And to answer your question, man, I honestly can say the answer to that question is no. I, 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 it's not like I had any limited expectations for this shit, but at the same time, when you go to these countries that don't speak English and these motherfuckers are reciting your every, every word. <laughs> that's crazy. That that's a little, crazy. That's, that's something that nobody in hip hop would ever imagine. Cool Hurt would, would be on this shit and be like, hell no, nah, I didn't know if this would happen. Are you fucking kidding me? So, man, no, but I'm so glad that it did. And I think it's getting to a point where you're going to have certain disgruntled individuals because of how commercialized that it has become and wanting to contain a certain amount of it. And I I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, Mm -hmm. bro. So, you know, but it just depends on what what era you were in. But Russell Simmons or somebody always said, if you don't, embrace what's new, you'll become your own worst enemy, man. So you got to be careful about, you know, evolution and how things are are just moving. I got to ask you, Luda, um, you know, like Jalen, uh, like, uh, like uh, there's certain periods and certain times of the greatest, the, the Bulls, you know, Pacers, there's Detroit, the Bad Boys. I feel like there was one point in time where Def Jam, was the most lethalist. All facts. Fucking All facts. label out there. When y'all now, do the new era, I'm going to do the old era. You correct me if I'm wrong, Luda. I'm no, you're 100% you right, nigga. Jay-Z, DMX, Ludacris. No, I'm, I'm, let's, let's talk about the workers first. Let's talk about the people that was behind the scenes. Leo oh. Combs, the staff. Excuse me, the staff. Thank you. Yeah. Leo Combs, Julie Greenmore, Mike Kaiser, Randy Acker. Kevin Love. Oh, who else we talking? Kevin Lyles. 
Kevin, I said Kevin Lyles. I, did okay, I, say, I didn't say Kevin Lyles. I didn't say Kevin Lyles. I said Mike Kaiser, right? Oh, yeah. Sean Beckers. Oh, like at one point, we had the craziest, and it was like nothing was fucking with Def Jam. 100%. LL Cool J. L- like oh, you now said, let's get to the artists. Now let's get to the artists. Yeah. Yeah. Artists. LL Cool J. Um, Red Man, Method Man, Method. Jay-Z, DMX, Ja Rule, ja Rule. Uh, Nori. Yeah. Who else Ashanti. am I missing? Ashanti. Yeah. Ooh! Oh, yeah. oh damn. Nigga, just been, you gonna get my damn, damn jacket. Ooh. I, I only got time for y'all. Please you continue. You got all of the Rough Riders. You got all of DTP. You yep. got all of, like, I mean... Like I, I I watched Entourage over and over and over again, and then I watched Empire. I did not watch Empire. I'm lying. Um, so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. No, I didn't. What mean about it like power? That. I what about mean... power? Yeah, yeah. But power is about the streets. There has never been a hip hop story like Def Jam 170 Barrett. They did like a little documentary, but it wasn't nothing compared to what you what you're talking about and what you want to see. We have to show, like, listen, there was a point in Dev Jam. You can go to Dev Jam, you get your hair cut, you can buy weed, you can roll Facts. Yes. $250,000 yeah. a check. At the same time. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk, Noy. Damn, you, yeah, you made me, I forgot about that, bro. The haircuts and. You didn't have to go to no hood. Yes. You didn't have to go to no hood. You can yep. get drunk. You can get everything right in Dev Jam. Right? <laughs> it was, like, fuck the hood. Like, just go to New York. Just go there. That's everything. it. Everything. That's it, man. Uh, you gotta love it. Did y'all have something like that in the NBA where y'all could just, like, it was like the Soho of niggas? Soho House of niggas? So I got to, I, I, I want to expand on what you said about Dev Jam, by the way. Okay. And somebody that's a couple of years older than you guys. Okay. That's, been around in the same place at the same time as Russell. Mm. Same place and same time as Lior mm. that went to the Nitro tour with Ooh. LL, Ooh. the Raising Hell tour with Run DMC Ooh. and the Beastie Boys and on the cool check-in and Slick Rick sitting in the ruler chair. Like, I, 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 like, like Dev Jam for me Hip hop, it, it, it's a storied franchise. Mm. That's what that represents. So, like in the NBA, you might have the Lakers or the Celtics or whatever. That's what Def Jam represents in music. That's very true. Everybody, in one way, shape, or form, ended up going through there. Like Scarface ended up being a Def Jam artist and a president. Yeah, correct. Like Scarface, like just so y'all know, like. Like I'm a Scarface stand, just so y'all know. All should be right. I'm a Scarface stand. So Scarface was there. When I say that, that's like a hundred stars for me. So, 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 so many people have gone through Def Jam and or their leadership that it's it 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 it's the story brand of hip hop music. Russell Simmons is the holy grail of people that never spoke into a microphone. And you guys can argue with me, argue with me on this, but I feel like the most influential and the, like the, I guess, uh, longest 
I see Nori, he getting ready. Look at him. I'm ready. The longest served and tenured and most accomplished producer is Andre Young, Dr. Dre. Like, I remember the world-class wrecking crew and falling in love with Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, Dre. I started DJing and scratching in. Mm. Like, he's had so many people from, like, DOC, Above the Law, Eminem, 50 Cent, NWA, Snoop Dogg, like, like the dog pound. So I'll turn it over to you experts, but that's what I feel about that. What you think, Luda? Uh, man, again, I was so lost in this, this in his explanation. Where the, what the fuck was the original question? <laughs> Nigga, God, damn. Man, we just, <laughs> man. Well, I, did, I, I had a good one. Hold on, what the fuck was my shit? Because we were talking about the artist at Def Jam, and we just went somewhere else. Right. What, 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 well, the original question was about really the greatness of Def Jam. Yeah. And the, the influence of like Def Jam. This is, what I, this, this, is, this is what I feel like, Luda. You know, you being a like we have to tell that story. Yeah. Uh, like you see Entourage, Entourage is <laughs> Entourage is, ain't got shit on the, the Def Jam story. The real about. Def Jam story. Like that's, the, that's true. Like, the real behind the scenes of how like I Young Jeezy was with Def Jam. I'm yo, looking I, at a platinum plaque hanging on my wall right now and forgot about him. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. This, this is a clip called the, the real world, right? And um, this is when the real world documentary had first came and Def Jam flew all of us out there and they gave us all the drugs in the world. <laughs> like, they gave us Def all Jam. the drugs in the world. And in Las Vegas, the real world. You left out a couple of ladies. Was Tina involved in this? There's a couple Davis, other yeah. ladies, yeah. There's a couple of people that I know. Not with the drugs, but <laughs> Tina Davis was I know, involved. no, no. We ain't incriminating nobody. We ain't incriminating. Good call, Luda. Good call, Luda. We ain't incriminating no, nobody. Def yeah. Jam was the ultimate, like, label. They knew how to bail you out. They knew how to do everything. <laughs> listen, listen. It, was, it was it. Luda understands what I'm true. talking about. Like, That's so true. Is, is it true? Uh, but we need a doc, not a documentary. Fuck a documentary. We need a reenactment. You, you gotta make the, you gotta make that happen, bro. Did y'all say Pecos? Yeah, Sean Pecos, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. <laughs> no Pecos. It's all a part of that little bunch, man. It's all a part of that little bunch, man. So what? What? What's your favorite era of hip hop, Luda? Is that is that Def Jam era that you was just talking about? Great, great fucking answer. Mm. No, that's real shit. I'm just being honest. That man, that god damn. And like you said, man, the moral to, to what we talking about today is you honestly don't really realize how special some shit is until way after. Then you see the impact that it had, man. Music, culture, uh, everything, man. Like that shit that ages like fine wine, like I was speaking about on that battle. That's the that, what do we get into as we get older? Alcohols, the shit that's get aged for a certain amount of time. Uh, the best flowers, the best cigars. Where if you put them in a humidor, they 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 you know they they dissipate all the the bad stuff. And to people that play golf, where you got to take a lifetime in order to damn near you know become an expert. You start getting in the shit that you really love that you can only get better at in your lifetime span. Mm, that's good what point. you need to be in a game about. Mm. What's what's the best era for you for basketball, Jalen? So I, that was a great answer, Luda. Um, and I want both of you guys to know 
like there there's so many young people that want to be like you and want to do what you do and you're disciplined responsible you're educated you're both smart like nor are you smart like you play the role that i play in this game I, play oh, I know I'm, I'm blowing your cover. It's like, oh, I know you want to play dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know nobody. Like, you ain't been on the stage. Or no, I, I know that. You ain't sold nothing. Like, I get it. <laughs> so I and, 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 and the same same with you, Luda. And, and what ends up happening is, like, both of you guys have so many people that you influence and want to be like you guys that – the the culture follows when you don't even realize. And so there was a time when the South, and we mentioned this earlier, felt underappreciated. But Luda, you got bars, dog. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Like, like you got like like we was a legend. Like, and, and, and what ends up happening is don't judge ourselves by like some trolls on social media. And I, and I hate to be this dude. Like I really hate to be this dude, but like we got to judge ourselves by the deals that we did and the money that's in our account and where you live and how you eat. Mm. Man, you got, we got to judge ourselves by how many motherfuckers we help. That's yeah, really correct. You judge yeah, correct. Yeah. With, with, with everything that you just said, right. with the money that we've made and right. the places we live, it's who we affect from that. That's how you judge yourself. Right. Like, we're little shooting for right now. He's trying to tone it down. He like he was like, I'm going to go into the worst room in this space because I want to be low key. But yeah, like, dog, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. That's hilarious. Like, like, like Nori got his records back there, but he don't really have his stuff back there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and so like like and, and like you guys are role models too and I, I just gotta keep stressing that point that so many people want to be like you guys like you black and brown you smart you're entrepreneurs you're leaders um you're well spoken you're disciplined you work hard that I, I just got to make sure that I always stress that traits about those traits about you guys. Uh-huh. Because sometimes, most of the time, people underestimate that about you. Hey, man, we, we, great, we greatly appreciate that, my brother. And yeah, they underestimate have... that about you. I, I, yeah. I, you know, they underestimate it. So I really, love these conversations. We got to have more of these, man. This shit is, little, this, this is amazing. Yeah. We heard a snippet of the Little Wayne Timberland. We heard a snippet, right? Yep. Million dollar question is what label is this coming out on? Mm. Uh, so you want to get to the money? The, yeah, I'm in the midst of of doing something pretty, you know, um, monumental, but I'm not able to really speak on it right now. But to answer your question, this particular song will probably just come out before this monumental thing happens. So it may, it, it'll be right in line with me putting this out for the people just to give them something before I embark on moving forward with more music on another platform. That's the best way <laughs> that I can kind of say it without being, you know, specific yeah. at this particular you, moment. You disagree, with me, disagree with me. So this is what, I, what this said to my mind. This single might come out on Empire. 
But then another thing <laughs> went out on something totally, totally Get your hand out my pocket. <laughs> this hey, is, man. This yeah, is registered mean, to me. You, you don't have to confirm or deny. Right. I'm not confirming where it's coming out, but it'll definitely be. I'm giving. I have to hurry up and rush it out to the people at this point because that even that wasn't even supposed to happen. So Timbaland is on my neck. Like we have to get these songs out immediately. Wow. So to answer your question, I'm still trying to really figure it all the way out. But within the next seven days, we will have it figured out. All right. And another thing, I seen you on the gram with LL, and you played a what? What was what the what? The, what was you play the unreleased Fatty Girl verse, bro? I thought real. You got you got to hit Pharrell, man. I don't know if he saw that, but Pharrell produced the original beat and he sampled Fat Albert. And at the beginning, na na na, gonna have a good time. Hey hey hey. So this so this nigga LL, it was just me and LL on the original version. LL had two verses, and so this was over fifteen years ago, bro. So I'm sitting here like LL is the person who made me want to rap when I was in the fourth grade, and I, I knew every word to "I'm Bad." So. Take your muscle bone, me. man, and put his face in the sand. I did exactly. that in the talent show. Exactly. So check this out. The crazy shit is I had to get all these old songs because I didn't know what I was going to play in this battle. And obviously, again, I had so many, so many more songs than 20. I just had this on the back burner. And when I went live with LL, I was like, you know what? will fuck LL up right now. If I play this shit, I guarantee he don't remember these verses from over 15 years ago because the sample never got cleared. And nigga... Nori knows LL. He's not the, the easiest motherfucker to get to smile just one-on-one. Like, you know, he he keeps a... He will keep a, a brick wall up if you don't trust nobody. If you go back and look at my Instagram, at Ludacris, and you see that nigga was like a little kid when I played them two verses, man. For me to be able to do that for a person that made me want to rap, I don't think anybody will understand what that meant to me as a moment in time for hip-hop. Period. Well, in case y'all don't know, what Dream Champs is about is about saluting our people, the longevity that we have. And every other culture, I feel like, you know, in 10 years, you become seasoned. I feel like in our culture, when you have 10 years or 12 years or 15 years or more, the people want to say you're washed up. I wanted to change that narrative. I wanted to, you know, dig into our people and say that, you know, we legends. You know what I mean? And I want both of y'all to I want both of y'all to understand that we yeah. are legends, man. And yeah, you are to us too, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and what we did collective. Let me get some, let me get some. Hold on, let me finish this. Yeah. Band from TV, my favorite, nigga. I'm still listening to that shit, man. No doubt. War report, too. Wait a minute, Jalen. What, what the what you drinking, Jalen? What is that? And look, it's special. So, so so Luda, you appreciate like this, this as well as Nori. I can show this because. I can act like it's sports and ESPN and talking about the last dance. So I can say, hey, I'm drinking this because we're showing a lot of Michael Jordan. Oh, that's Michael Jordan tequila. Okay. That's dope. Yo, Luda, you got to ask Jalen. You you watch the last dance. You got to ask Jalen a question about the last dance. <laughs> Man, listen, I did, bro. And I, and I, I listen, I People wonder why I wear Jordans all the goddamn time, man. I'm such a Jordan. I'm such a Jordan fan, not only of the shoes, but be, I'm so glad people got to saw that, see that last dance because of what he stood for, how competitive he was, how he would stop at no cost, how this nigga was 
finding shit to be mad at to, to drive him in order to Let's be clear, Lou. You was happy when he shut down Jalen and Reggie Miller. Let's just throw it, let's throw it out there. Let's throw it out there. Yes. You was, you was happy? Yes. Let's you got to go to the extreme. You got to go to the extreme in order for it to be an interesting story, man. And it was such an interesting story. So I do have a question for, for Jalen. The, the rumors that you may have heard about how there were times where this nigga might smoke two or three cigars before he went out and played motherfucking full game of basketball. Disrespectful. What the? Like, how many cigars did a nigga really smoke? Did he, like, take a puff or two of it and then put it out? So, so, so oh, my goodness. I love our culture so much. So, like, <laughs> thank you very much for asking me that question. Because I thank Nori because he forced me to ask you a question. Right, about right. so, so, so here's the thing: people estimate the fact that as artists, you have things that make you get into the mode to be creative. <laughs> Whatever it is, it could be somebody yeah. rubbing your toes. It could be you smoking. It could be you sleeping. It could be you drinking. It could be whatever. And one of the most discouraging things that I saw in the documentary, MJ was smoking and drinking and had a pop belly and beat us. (laughs) (laughs) For real, fam. Like, I didn't realize. Like, y'all know, social media wasn't like that in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? We had we had voicemails, we had answer machines. Like it wasn't like that. So I'm thinking that MJ eating lemons and drinking celery juice and going home and beating us. Now I'm watching this. I'm like, he's smoking cigars on game day, got a hot belly, and he beat us. Uh, I'm yeah, disappointed. Bro. I'm disappointed in that. I just didn't know how many fucking cigars that nigga would sometimes smoke. Because I'm sure after the game, if he, I'm sure after the game, if he won, the nigga was went right back to smoking more. You never see him looter without a drink or a cigar. Yes, till this day, that's how he is right he now. He produced. He produced it. So that nigga, means- this is how he is right now. Correct. He smoked like five cigars a day, nigga, and golf all day. Come on, bro. It's a different world, bro. That nigga's a, he's an alien, man. He's a fucking alien. He is not from this world at all. <laughs> Never has been. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I love you, motherfuckers, but are y'all hungry, man? I gotta got, got eat some fucking food in a minute. Are y'all gonna pass me a plate in this bitch or is there gonna be a part two? Is there a part well, you this? The, well, you're the only one that owns like five restaurants. Chicken and beer, right? Come on. You, you still got chicken and beer? Yeah. Chicken and, beers, chicken and beers in the restaurant, I mean, in the airport, the Atlanta airport, yeah. Dude, I yeah. just ate there. I be eating there all the time. You yeah, know, thank going you, from Detroit to Atlanta, I always go support. How rich you got to be? I bought, food, Luda, I bought food for like airport. 10 people. How rich you got to be? Luda, to have a spot. Oh, no, it's not, it's not about how rich you got to be. You just... You know, with the airport situation, they have people that they come together and there's a bid. And basically, you have to win the bid in, in this in the whole concourse. And that's basically it's like a bunch of business partners. And then they kind of have a raffle and things of that nature. 
So that's what it is. It's really just about, you know, kind of looking up and, and having the right individuals around you and making sure that you are a hundred percent when it comes to all of the rules and regulations and everything that needs to be done. So that that's God right there, man. Hey, Nori, yes. can I, can I go Sanford and son on you? Let's like when Smitty and, and Hoppy come to the house and they translate what they're saying, basically Luda had more money and bid higher than everybody in that side of the concourse to make sure that he got his restaurant in there. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what I heard. Hilarious. <laughs> that's kind of what I heard. You now, this is the last two questions and we're going to get up out of here. So, uh, is so how is it be are you in Georgia or you don't have to tell me if Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. By the oh. way, when I do come to Drink Champs, you better believe I'm about to eat a motherfucking feast because I know. Well, damn, we got you. We got you. I got it good. good. But, but yeah, how, I'm in how is it? How is it being like, like the first couple of states that's opened up? Have you been out? You know, um, you know, or you've been staying home? I have not, man. I don't. I don't agree with them opening up early. I, Smart. I feel like Smart. yeah, the numbers are still Smart. going up, and you know, I think people. This is. We in a time right now where we really, you know, have to identify the leaders from the followers and people need to step up. And, uh, you know, the leaders are all saying it's, it's well, except for one particular leader. And then it makes you question why exactly he's telling certain. Well, people. you talking about um, our um, commander in tweets. Yeah, let's <laughs> continue. Well, that's, that's only one of the people. Yeah, that's only one of them. But but yeah, man, I, I would recommend we don't go out. Definitely. We're trying to stay safe, man, and healthy and continue to. That's why I said KidNation.com, man. We got to we got to plant the seeds of the future and make them think along different lines than some of some of us do in our adult stage. Period. Yeah, the same thing, man. I feel like Luda and I appreciate both of you um, gentlemen that are really intelligent and you're socially and politically conscious and you put on for the culture, like this isn't a time for black and brown people to rush and start slapping high fives, hugging one another right? and acting like that we have a cure or a vaccine to the coronavirus because we don't. And a lot of cities are going to open early and that's because that they, they understand the commerce that comes with that, but we have to stay safe because like Luda was just, you know, basically alluding to, they put us in a 400 year um, uh, trail position. So we like in close proximity with one another. So when you hear like social distancing, like we don't have the money or the space to like, get further from each other and be six feet in the market and at FedEx or UPS at the barbershop or that type of thing. So I just hope that small businesses and black and brown people are able to maintain themselves and stay healthy during this period of time. But like Luda said, this ain't the time yet. Like we need like another couple of weeks, another month, to really acknowledge what's happening in our country. Real talk. What you said, Laro? Real talk. He nah, said it. Talk, man. Yo, I, I'm be honest, man. You know, drink champs. I don't know if you guys know. We started this four years ago, and our whole thing is about giving people their flowers. Now, everybody always <laughs> want to show you love when a person pass away or die. 
and we are greats while we are alive. You know, and that's the reason why I started Drink Champs because it doesn't take me anything to say that Jalen Rose, you're a great motherfucking looter, you you motherfucking great. It doesn't take anything away from me. I'm a man's man, and I love to give people their flowers now. And that's the reason why I started Drink Champs. The reason why EFN, hopefully his internet was fucked up, but you know I'm holding him down. That's my brother. And this is the reason why, is to show you people how much we love you guys. Hey, man. You know. Let me let me just say this, then. While, while you're on that subject, bro, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this in this particular way, but as a student of hip-hop, as a person who loved hip-hop, as you being one of the individuals that came before me, what I can say about you in a world where rap, and it's a lot of motherfuckers that sound very similar and sound very alike, there's one thing that can never be said about Nori when it comes to getting on a track. You're going to do something and find a cadence in a beat that absolutely no one on this motherfucking earth would ever remotely think about doing it the way that you do it. Pharrell would give you certain beats and no, like as rappers, sometimes we try to figure out how we going to get on a track, how we going to ride that motherfucker, how we going to do certain things. And you hear Nori get on the track, you be like, how in the fuck? <laughs> this nigga, dude, like, how did he think to get on the track in this particular way? You are unique in the sense of, you got that, bro. I'm giving you that. I'm telling you right now, not one person on this earth would be able to step on a fucking song the way that you do. And that's what makes you stand out as the individual that you are, bro. Period. That's dope. Thank you, Lou. That's dope. And as Thank somebody that was living in Miami in the late 90s, <laughs> and somebody that was so very blessed and fortunate to spend time with Luda, and he was gracious enough to put me in one of his videos, I can't lie. Like, the war report, the NRE, the cadence, <laughs> and the Luda cadence reminded me of one another. Yeah. So, like, for me to be on with both of you guys, like, I'm nobody special. It's just, like, crazy to me. So, congratulations, and I appreciate y'all having me on. Hey, we man. love it, man. We love, we love both of you brothers, man. Thank you for taking the time out for messing with Drink Chats, because Drink Chats, that's what it's about. It's about giving people their flowers where they can smell. How many cups is that? That's I know only everyone three? Is, is that I, three? I, I'm my third bottle. I know everyone, oh, I know everyone is... Saying it now, but we did this four years ago because I realized that me bigging up my brothers doesn't take nothing away from me. Me, I love hip hop. I remember, Lou, do you remember the diary? We did a diary. Yes, the first I do. Diary. MTV diary. I do remember that. Remember that? You listen, MTV listen. Let me just diary. tell you I'm on Def Jam. I'm, 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 I'm messing around. <laughs> Luda got, I think, the number one record at the time. Yeah. Luda, so Luda's, we all on a Def Jam tour. So Luda's going to each different room. And listen, you tell me if I'm lying. You stop me if I'm lying at one yeah. point. <clears throat> and at the time, a lot of people from New York was migrating to Atlanta. And, and it was a great thing. It was a super great thing. But it was one dude that was there. And he said, these motherfuckers come out here from Queens. They don't show nobody love. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to show you some love, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! slammed this nigga all over the room. Mind you, Luda told me he coming, but I didn't know that the moment that Luda come in my room, I'm gonna be body slamming a nigga from Queens. Yeah, and it was, I'm, not, I'm not lying. That shit is hilarious, bro. I remember that shit. Yes, all up against the wall and everything, bro. That shit is crazy, <laughs> crazy. I love it, bro. 
Yo, nah, man. I like you too, Luda, man. Yo, Jalen Rose, man. I love both of you. Family. Brothers, I love both of y'all, man. Yo, man, thank you so much, man. Both of you brothers, man. Luda, man, congratulations. Jada, congratulations. Keep doing the, everything we'll be doing, man. And every, yo, man, I, I can't be, I'm so thankful, man. You know what I mean? Man, Salute. we thankful for you. Salute. Salute, man. Salute. Yes, yes. Love, Jalen. Yeah, love, man. Family. I'll see both of y'all soon. I appreciate the love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, brothers, both, man. This shit has been historic. God damn it. It's historic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I don't even know how to do this. Thank you, Jalen. Thank you, family. Right, I'm going to text you. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.